Welcome everybody to Sleeping with the Moon. My name is Michael Oda and this is number six. This is the June Moon, the sixth episode in a series of 12. This time last year, I went to the Quantocks in West Somerset with a friend called Mark. It was his idea that we should walk along the Quantock Ridge late at night. And so we met there and moved off into the dark. When he first talked about this challenge in the light of day, I didn't really think it was a good idea and was slightly worried about the prospect of walking through the dark at night with the light of the moon or not, as the case may be. But I warmed to the occasion and thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, I think this is the first episode from which I've taken real license to create an imaginary story. So thank you very much for the opportunity, Mark. I'd also like to say thank you for Tammany Baker, who I met on a moon walking evening with Natural England this time last year, at which she read this poem and she's given us permission today to read it to you. Thanks also go to a wonderful friend, Martin Solomon, who you may have heard on the very first episode back in January of this year. And in this episode, we're going to use a piece called Himalayan Foothills, which I think fits perfectly. So sit back, lie down and listen to the moon. They met at the windmill, on the slope of a hill, in the month of June, at the fullness of moon, to follow its flight through the radiant night, from rise to set, with little threat of wet. They wrecked a spot for their beds and bags, then back to the mill for a supper full of chinwag, quaffing their beer with mirth and cheer, scouring the map, for they had no app. They recorded the route in various stages, stored on a phone like photographic pages. A nocturnal adventure along the Quantock spine, a distance in mileage close to nine. They left one car at the windmill inn, the other was driven to where they'd begin. A parallel road to the hills was taken, driving towards the dark and forsaken. They climbed uphill, they chicaned through village, reading a map towards their pilgrimage. A place to park was found, then rejected. They searched until another elected. They set off a pace along the track, searching the skies with no looking back. The mark and the mic in search of the moon, the mic and the mark in the warmth of June. Earth foal, stumbling, newborn, fumbling, moon raking, path making, mystic orange owl wavering. Clouding sky, curtains drawn glowing, Ursa major glimpse of glory, Menstrual, orchestral, 
observant, nurturing, opal orb, appearing, majesty. Drove Road West, deep path trench, avenue of beach, firm rooted banks, stone walls hewn from time, eternity. They marched in rhythm, they mumbled in rhyme, to the count of four, in perfect time. The fresh breeze blew, stirring their hair, they threw random words high into the air. They babbled in metre, without a peter, they crooned to the moon like a pair of loon, with jibber-jabber and blither-blather, an antiquated haiku and a smackerel of doggerel. Words were spouted without a care, bellowed, howling, if you dare, from the map, from the ground, plucked from ether, all around. Hornbeam, bracked, epiphyte, birch's corner, dark moonlight. Much care, mulch, underfoot, earth soil pungent, tangled root. Samaritan's way, crest of black nap, Will's neck summit, no need to photomap. Balladeers, verbal ideas, sonnet sonic, a sound duet, just the tonic. The mic and the mark, they skipped through the dark. The mic and the mark, a right pair of larks. At Cothelston Hill, they paid homage to Coleridge. High on the spine of the slumbering mound, where conjuring words once swept bounteous appraisal to nature's raw beauty. But oh, that deep romantic chasm which slanted down the green hill athwart a cedarn cover, a savage place as holy and enchanted as e'er beneath a waning moon was haunted by woman wailing for her demon lover. And from this chasm with ceaseless turmoil seething, as if this earth in fast, thick pants were breathing, a mighty fountain momently was forced. At Triscombe Stone, above the quarried crater, they eulogised Wordsworth, a worthy wordsmith name, whose incumbent tongue wagged lyrical in ballads collaborate of lunar legacy in potions mix from ancient rhyme. The aspiring mountains and the winding streams, Empress of the night, are gladdened by thy beams. A look of thine, the wilderness pervades and penetrates the forest inmost shades. Thou, checkering peaceably the minister's gloom, guidest the pale mourner to the lost one's tomb. For there was a time when Quantock's foothills were verdant pasture for poets' nurture, footnotes for wanderers hungry for silence, thirsting for sounds, trenching for meaning, searching for musing. Words combined that stirred a nation with the romance language of nature's imagination. Eyelids of moonbeam light now blind, as clouds fringe sweeps to enfold. 
eyes adjusting, eyes accustoming to dark sky thinking. Crocombe's hushed gate, standing sentry ahead. A humming stirs, a low note thrum, holds a land to silent ransom. From soil to sky, the source remains unseen, unknown. The landscape broadens with tussock grass, as nibble-trim fleecing paths meander towards fate, awaiting beyond Crocombe's hushed gate. The humming vibration continues, sifting through the grass tongues of sibilant heath, and the warbling tremor catches Mark's ear, who mimics the moon birds churring, the low-down ground perch of nightjar purring. The dark night overhead gives subtle, skylit views of starlight wonders, the only trace of brightness over the narrow, booted, flat-trodden track, cracked and hollowed. A tiny pin of luminescence catches the eye on pathway scrub as the churring moon bird calls afresh, a speck of pulsing glowworm light to attract a mate on this blind hill stack, which, catching Mike's eye, stops his tread in silent witness. The Mike and the Mark, both lovers of words, the Mark and the Mike, both lovers of insects and birds. Crocombe's hush gate now stands within reach, hand on the latch, a clink of metal, a swing on the hinge, in silence surrounds. Deep land absorbs. Stone trees listen. The bird with sleep-tethered wings dreams in fitful suspense. Magnetic moss awakens expectant. Moon looms voluminous, singeing the folds and fringe of cloud-dust veils with glacial breath. Both Mark and Mike freeze, caught in the frosting searchlight of lunar eye. Hypnotic, moon bright, holds them raptured. 
Trailing tendril moonbeams bind them captive. A gradual chilling seeps inside, their bones shrinking and hollowed. Their bodies diminish in size. Their arms transforming to winged elytra, their hair to feathers, their skin to shining dermis. The divine moon's roar, brumal voice, whispers icy. Bird and worm, your will is mine. You will collect in praise through time. Words in different incarnations, poems, lyrics, of long before who honour me forevermore. Your fealty will last to my demand and failure will pay the reprimand. The bird shall utter only A, the flying worm with I. With Y between them both, a test of univocalism. Now kneel and take the oath. Bring me the magic charm of a wise crone, the notes of an early bird. The smoking breath of putrid scales. The lyrical song of forgotten time. The rarest eulogy to my name. Five in all in worship of my name. Without stepping from this spinal mouth. Her vaporous voice waned to stone-cold void, a trace of vanity staining the drifting shroud. The mark and the mic in bird-worm shape were left alone in stony silence. A sense of foreboding filled the chilling air, fraught with the worry of taxing labours, imminent punishment and fateful fear of never returning to the shape of mankind. Ah!
screamed Mark, bawling with A. Shit! shrieked Mike, expleting with I. Mark flapped. Mike flipped. Mark flapped. Mike flopped. Ah! Shit! Ah! Shit! Ah! Big! Shit! They mumbled and grumbled, moaned and groaned, bellowing volcanic, howling univocalic. For they were men, no more, but a churring bird and a flying worm. But... After a moment's contemplation or more, they looked at each other, knowing the score, that they must continue on this mad lunar plight in hope of an escape and flee from the night. Wings ready for flight, flexed, followed by a fearful pounding of approaching steps, a ghostly light advancing at speed, over lunar-like rocks, breaking the screed. Out of my way! I'm pulled by gravity! Out of my way of tortuous depravity! Out of my way! I have no choice! Out of my way! said a croaking voice. I'm drawn towards her emphatic light. I sleep by day and wake by night. Harnessed to her monthly flight, from crescent to waxing, full moon bright. Out of my way! Out of my way, I say! So who is this lunar oddity with such fanatical punctuality? It is an ancient wanderer, a runner of the night, who stoppeth me, who stoppeth Mark, who stoppeth me and Mike. He holds them with his glittering eye. He holds them with his skinny hand. He holds them with his long grey beard. They stand stock still. Stock still they stand. He croaks to them in fishy whispers. He preaches them in opaque vespers. My servitude has run for many, many years. No willful choice, volition or voice, for countless centuries. Save brief respite, lifetimes ago, when two word mongers wandered here to and fro. But now this day has come, when you are me and me is one, for now you must be the manacled slave to this cold moon's maniacal rave until your dying, despondent grave. For I was once a lover of the moon, and now I am the new selenophile. Moon, I swoon, Moon, I loon, moon, oon. Rhyming is futile, a human pursuit of perfection and neat finishes. Create distance from existence. The full moon is a circle from afar, a perfect form, gallery ready. And yet, after years of chasing moons, False moons and eclipses, all perfectly round and perfectly square in the frame I now long for the craters 
the gnarly edges, the unfathomable blacks in the valleys, blinding flare, the off-centres, the uncapturable. No need for show any more, no need for an art presence. Happy for gravity, so light that with one push I leave orbit. The real moon lies within. I am formless. Foom, moom, noom, room, tomb, gloom, coom, plum, bloom, boom, oom, oom. My outer searching serfdom, now at an end, permits me to pursue selenography anew by viewing the dark side both inside and be witness to what lies around in other parts of me. The mark and the mic were both speechless with shock. But don't give up! For you can unlock this tortuous prison by meeting her behest before tomorrow. She sets, and then you shall have settled your debts to return to being men of Eden. And then you'll be free, just like me. Yippee! And with that, he leapt and left them. The mark and the mic pondered and wandered, the mark and the mic blundered and wandered. Mark, hard task that, bad state, bad case. Mike, I spit, I shit, I is ill. Mark seethes, Mark breathes, Mark chirs, Mark purrs, Mark flap and fly. Mike, flip and fly, Mark flap and fly, try, try, try. Mike, Flip and fly, why, why, why? And with a smile upon his birdie face, Mark took to the singing sky. Fly, 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 try, try, try. And Wormy Mike opened his rigid wings to ascend in flight. The two flew. What a miraculous view. High above the Quantock Ridge, with whales in sight beyond the spanning tensile bridge. Mike, I is fit, I is willing, I is finding, I is fighting. Mark, fly and pray, fly and slay, fly, 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 fly that way. Mike, fly like kite, fly like light, fly, fly, fly in this night. Where should they start? Where should they search? With no time to lose, they took off in flight, pointing to east, pointing to west, to find their lost words, to beat the moon's test. They dived through the coombs and swam through the valleys, like low-flying jets or cars in rallies, magnetised by glowing light, flying worm Mike pulled to the right, down Halsey's sogs to a manner dressed best in togs. I find spinning shindig, he cried, where a fiddler and dancers and singer 
were crooning. I see the moon, the moon sees me, down through the leaves of the old oak tree. Please let the light that shines on me shine on the one I love. God bless the moon and God bless me over the mountain, over the sea, back where my heart is longing to be. Shine on the one I love. A lyrical song, a forgotten time, played in rhythm, sung in rhyme, one down, four to go. Where should they go? Where should they go? A taxi was driving back to town with a woman in labour who had a pain full of frown. An auspicious night, said her friend, come midwife, cause the moon is shining full of life. No moon, no man, they say around here when the moon is old. So have no fear. The magic charm of a wise, wise crone. The two took off like a dog to a bone. So far, so good, so far, so good. And the bird and the worm flew to Shervidge Wood. Sentinel oaks, illumined runway markers, funnel them into chiding wood with hidden bird call screech from bracken thickets. Where silvered moon birches worship the lunar goddess, with slivered scaling branches. Where clinging ivy's choking fingers clamber in obeisance towards the bride of night. Where owl moon patrol and flitting messenger bats survey and convey. Where the scuttle scurry of her sound guardians slurry over forbidden paths. Creeping above the tangled undergrowth wired fence a forewarning loomed, keep out, deep pit, danger. The shadowed tenebrous track led them further, beyond the fence of no passing. Darkness crept in, gloom all around, the reek in the air, a vestige of smoke, the edge of a crater a dark sunken hole, the deep-sided pit, a deafening silence. The stirring of leaves, a slumbering sigh, the stench of a breath, a smouldering wisp, the sibilant hiss, a slither of scales, a murmur through spittle, the words of the verm. From reptilian time. Mona. Mano. Man. Mani. Mina. Minan. Moon. Menace. Mensis. The smoking breath of putrid scales had spoken, and Wormy Mike, now a girt verm relation, went about his translation. The snorting of a nostril, 
a flutter of the mottled Lepidoptera, a climbing of the moss, a flock of nighttime flight. Out of the wood they hovered, enticement of the bright, across the cloud-drawn sky, towards an eerie universe, a factory of light. Beneath the oppressive power of factory's overbearing gate, there lie the ancient tumulus, Pix's mound in miniature, a raised plot of sacred earth, barrow-like and round. The moth circled to the whirring rhythm of mutual wings. The breath of a mole stirred the earth, whispering in reverent hush. The impish shape of the elfin kind rose from the falling sieved soil, bowing their heads before crying in anguish for their earth-bound existence now shackled to the monstrous edifice that plunged their world into the shadow of darkness. The road was a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor and the human highwaymen came up to our Odin door to build this ghastly abhorrent pile that brought death into our world and all our woe with loss of Eden, once in a blue moon, once in a blue moon, once in a blue moon, too soon. The rarest moon eulogy had been spoken, and as the darkness diluted with first morning light, the mic and the mark shed fauna tears before showing gratitude and taking off in hurried flight. They climbed up Hurley Beacon, wheeled over Lousy Thorn, above Black Hill, past Bicknoller Post, down Vinnie Coombe to Stillage Wood and Staple Farm. And there they caught the cockerel dawning of early morning. The sun will rise so soon before the setting moon. And with a slurp of caprine milk from Mark, the mythical nightjar goat sucker, they raised a glass to catching the chorus notes of an early bird. Drink, swill, spin, chill, win, win, cried Mike who then ticked off their five laboured tasks. Shindig, midwife, imp, bird, and, said Mark, Liz, ard. As for reporting the outcome of their fettered labours before the moon setting, the moon struck cow-tower animals and trees. By name, spellbound green squawker and bewitched ground rooter undertook the task themselves in servitude to the ineffable lunar goddess. As morning light unfolds, 
She slips into oblivion of day's brightness like a galleon tossed upon cloudy seas. And at the sound of rumbling road and chiming church, the radiance of day oozes to fill their ever-growing warming bodies, shedding feathers, folding wings, returning with limbs to being men of Eden. Skirting the edge of the woods, the mark on the mic, dawdle, descending down to the embrace of windmills' arms, to fill their once hollow bones with pub-grub breakfast of fresh and fry, whilst dipping and diving into deeper beats of personal story before leaving high at noon under an ever-brightening sky devoid of moon. Well, I hope you enjoyed this month's episode as much as I did. And thanks go to poets Alfred Noyes, John Milton, Samuel Taylor Coleridge and William Wordsworth. And thanks also very much go to Tammany Baker for her wonderful poem given to the ancient wanderer. Thanks so much for Martin Solomon with his beautiful music, Himalayan Foothills. Thanks as ever go to Pommy Harmer for producing this episode. And special thanks go to Mark Smalley, my night jar lark companion. So hopefully we'll see you next month in July for a very different story, which will be called The Wailing Moon. <laughs>